looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Podcast, we're already laughing. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's episode number 43, and uh, my name's Miranda. I'm Eileen, and we are podcasting from our respective homes, which turns out is how we always did it. So that part of life has not changed. <laughs> um, although, with uh, spending more time at home, and by more time at home, I mean all of my time at home. <laughs> Um, I have learned how to do some things better, so hopefully the audio quality this time around will be more consistent all the way through. We'll see. We'll see. Progress over perfection. Yes, yes. I actually, so um, for people who have not been listening to um, all of our back catalog, uh, (laughs) I'm a... Losers. (laughs) Or, you know people who listen to professionals, I guess. Um, So I am a scientist and I have a lab at the University of Iowa. And of course the lab is shut down and I actually shut my lab down a a tiny bit earlier than other people because I did it before it was mandatory because I just, I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, this isn't gonna be good. (laughs) Like this just isn't, this is gonna happen. Like we're gonna start getting shut down. So better to, better to do it on the front end than be scrambling at the back end. So anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. For those who haven't been listening. Oh, yes, for those who haven't been listening, (laughs) including myself, apparently. (laughs) So uh, I, even though the lab is shut down, my lab is still functioning like those people still have jobs they still have stuff they need to do it's just that instead of um going into the lab and doing experiments we are now analyzing data writing up papers writing grants so we're spending all of our time doing the stuff that we probably should have been doing before but never made the time to do and now that's literally the only thing we can do so we're actually focusing on it and so my graduate students are you know they're young and they're um new to this kind of thing. And I was, I was talking with one of them about the fact that she was, she was really struggling to finish a writing project. And I said, well, I think if you think about it, perfectionism got you quite far in life. You know, perfectionism got you through high school with really good grades. It got you through college with really good grades. It got you to grad school. And now you have hit the point in your life where perfectionism is not going to serve you anymore because perfectionism gets in the way of your progress. Like you aren't, you aren't making steps. You're so panicked about getting it perfect that you don't even start. I believe you told me this once before, um, analysis paralysis. Yes. That's something that, um, I did not pick up, but it is definitely a thing that people talk about. I mean, um, my husband talks about that in his workplace. He works in it. Like people spend so much time trying to decide what the best plan of action is that they never actually do anything. <laughs> it's like when I go to the container store and I bought all these Tupperware containers. I say Tupperware because I'm my mom. Um, all these plastic containers to organize my house. And when I got home, I was too tired to do it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so great. And then I was like, <sighs> fucking done. But anyways, continue with your your the mention of it. Sorry. Oh, that, that was basically it. That was, it's just that, you know, I think, I think that if, if you and I had not decided to just do the damn thing, even though we did not know 
what was the best setup for recording and what was the best organization and what was the best like editing software, blah, 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 blah. If we had waited to figure all that stuff out, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, true. <laughs> so absolutely true. Yeah. So that's, that's our way of uh, excusing ourselves for our marginal at times quality. Um, One thing that I think we have always done with very good quality, however, is our beverages. What are you having? Well, I'm having Fair State Roselle. Mm. It is a rose sour beer. Have you had it? I think I have. It sounds familiar. It sounds like something that you've had given me before. I might have brought it to you or you might have had it when you were here. But it is, you know, I'm a sucker for a pink beer. I'm a sucker for it. But um, it's a hibiscus sour. And it's yes, delightful. I definitely have had it. I think I think we had it at the, um, oh, the Walker Museum? Yes, we did. During um, Rock the Garden. Yes. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Fair State is a really great uh, co-op brewery. Um, I just realized that the last time I've been to that brewery, I was on a date. And the date brought a friend. And it became a three-way date. And it was really mm. weird. But me and the girl got along great. I've <laughs> talked to the guy since. <laughs> it is indeed a fair state. Also, he gave himself a nickname. And you know how I feel about nicknames. Mm. Nay. This is not summer camp. You can't do this. <laughs> You're an adult. I can't deal. Anyways. Um, somebody else can give you a nickname based on something ridiculous you did. But you cannot announce your own nickname. Yes. That's a no-no. No. And he even used that as his name on Tinder. And I was like, or not Tinder. Who, who uses that anymore? That's like the Walmart of dating apps. Um, it was Bumble. Or it might, I think it was Bumble. Which is like a step up, barely a step. It's like the target <laughs> of the dating apps. But um, I remember asking him, like, oh, that's a really cool name. Like, is that Norwegian? No, nothing. It's, I kind of thought it was a little Scandi or something from up here. But forget it. Anyways. Back to Fair State Brewing. <laughs> Which was the better part of the experience. <laughs> I, I really enjoy this brewery. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giggling really hard to myself. But yeah, it's a it's a hibiscus sour. It's delightful. What are you having? What's in your cup? I'm also having a sour. I am having, um, oh. I don't have the can because the can, it's just a crawler. Um, but uh, Big Grove, as I, I think I've mentioned them on every podcast episode for probably the last I don't know year anyway um, wrong. <laughs> uh, so Big Grove um, has switched over because of course nobody can go out to eat anymore uh, they switched over to doing curbside pickup and so you can order from them anytime you want to um, and you can pick up beers and their food and their food is, is pretty good um, um, it's excellent I love their food yeah, I, I've, I, some people have given it mixed reviews, I think, because if you go there wanting to have, like, a really authentic Mexican taco, like, street taco experience, like, it's not meant to be that. It's not meant to be a replacement for, like, what you would eat on the street in Mexico City. Like, that's not what it is. Um, but I do think their flavors are quite good. And um, so, Actually, my favorite thing is all their bulgogi, like, they do a lot of Asian cuisine, like, fusion. True. I hate the word fusion. But that's actually the stuff I'm there for. And mm-hmm. the, like German sausage stuff. I don't know. It's a weird place. I love it. It is. It is. They, have a, they have a broad palette and I appreciate their very broad palette. 
Um, so every, uh, like I said, you can do that every single day and that's like their normal stuff. But on Saturdays, they release their special beers. Um, and so this week, because it is just a few days before Cinco de Mayo, uh, they had a really awesome taco setup. So you would just tell them like Ooh. which taco fillings you wanted. And then they would give you the tortillas, the cilantro, the onions, the limes, the yes. queso fresco, and you could just assemble it all at your house. Hell so, yes. oh my goodness. And um, they had a bunch of beers this week that uh, a lot of them sold out pretty quickly because mm. they started doing these gusher beers, which are like a milkshake IP milkshake mm. sour. And they have um, so much fruit in them that they basically kind of taste like fruit juice, sort of. And those are extremely popular, like smoothie style, not milkshake style. I'm sorry, smoothie style. So I actually haven't had a smoothie style beer i've only had like the milk the hazies and the ipa like hazy mm -hmm. ipa or milkshake style mm -hmm. ipa but i've not had um the smoothie idea which i also you know i love fruit in my beer i love i do too i, I love there there really is not a style of beer where i'm like mm, no except pilsners and it's not all pilsners that i feel that way about but it is of all the styles that i've had the one that where i'm the most kind of indifferent like, if that's what people have, and I'm in the mood for a beer, I'll have it. But I would just as likely drink water in that scenario, probably. See, this, my, the only time I'm, like, Pilsner, I'm at a barbecue, I am at a ball game, it's hot as balls outside. Mm -hmm. like, I remember I was in Thailand one time, and it was, this is, sounds like so much white privilege, and I was on this boat, <laughs> and we were, like, going, we were island hopping. I hate myself. Why did I start this story? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, me and my friend Jesse were sitting on the back of this boat, and we were like, oh, man. And she was like, you know what I really want? And I was like, what? She's like, a cold beer. And I was like, really? Like, she and I just didn't drink cold beer a whole lot. That just wasn't our jam. And it was the best cold beer. I think about it all the time. I <laughs> cold beer all the time. <laughs> and it was a singer. That was all. <laughs> but the yep. point is. I loved it. So, um, it, yeah. If that's you had a singer at any place else, you'd be like, mm. It's all right. in Thailand, it's a shit. Yeah. yeah. So French. Anyways, it hit the spot. It's the, the coldest beer. It's like any, the coldest beer I can ever find in any country is usually a pilsner. People yeah. give a fuck about pilsners because it's the majority of what everyone drinks in the world. And so I know that if I really want to get cooled down, I'm gonna have myself a pilsner. But that I have completely overrided the point of what you were talking <laughs> about because well, you got something at Big Grove that was real. Special. I did. I did. <laughs> and. uh it is their so what they made to go along with all of their tacos was a uh, quesarita. So quesara is their core sour, um, mm -hmm. and they make all different versions of the quesara. But um, it's really popular, which is kind of interesting because for the longest time, sour beers were just not like people thought that they were weird or you know unpleasant or whatever, but they're really popular now. And uh, so anything from Big Grove that starts with K is going to be off their quesara base. And so the quesarita is like their version of a margarita in a sour beer. And let me tell you, that pairing is, it is <laughs> magnificent. Just kiss. It is so good. 
Um, and I think, so actually, I like sour beers. And I've talked about them a lot. I don't love Kesara. And I don't know why. Um, I love other sour beers that they do. But I think when I have Kesara, it's just that little teensy bit more sour than I want it to be. Ooh. But in this, where it's, you know, it's got like agave flavors and lime flavors and, and like that nice citrus, that base works really well because that tartness and that sourness is exactly what I want. Because one of the things that I don't like about a lot of margaritas is that they're sugary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I do not like a sugary margarita. I don't like a really tart, tart one either, but um, I find that oftentimes if I go to a restaurant and if like margaritas aren't what they do, but it is on the menu, it ends up being like sugary and I don't really enjoy yeah, it. The but mix is always sugar. That you dig. So nice. I'm, I have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Dogfish Ale, um, their lime, oh, what is it called? I have a, a small case of it. Um, but it's their lime Is it the Sequench? Yes, it's Sequench Ale. Thank you. The Sequench Ale is a sour with lime, black pepper, and salt. And holy moly. It is good. Is the, that is so good. If you don't have access to, like, normal breweries, Dogfish Head Brewery is, like, everywhere like they sell that stuff nationwide now so it's easy but who is that the best thing to have after a long bike ride oh so good it's true and it's nice and low alcohol so that you don't worry that you're gonna like make yourself sick after having like you know done a bunch of exercise and now you're drinking a huge amount of beer um that's that's one of the things I like about the sours is that generally speaking the sours tend to be kind of lower ABV so you tend not to end up making a mess of yourself. Although anybody who puts their mind to it can do it. <laughs> I was like, um, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's less of an Not accident. No. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, uh, I love responding to anybody going, well, it's not likely. And I was like, not with that attitude. And like, <laughs> Pia. My son Pia always says that and it cracks me up at everything. So I, I stole it because I love it so much, but. Well, you did right. Good job doing my best um all right well let's just hit it off what you've been working on what's your works in progress uh let's see so I have I have done a thing that I always I wouldn't say always that I wouldn't do but that I I have consistently steadfastly refused to do and that is to try to grow things um, <laughs> Miranda's laughing because she knows exactly how black my thumb is. I am so bad at growing She's really things. good at growing cultures, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> it's funny that you would mention that considering that I did manage to grow mold in the first week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm giggling really hard because I also grow mold because I, I have a tendency to overwater. And now I'm just back to watering once a week. And depending on the air conditions in your house, like I'm not using my humidifier anymore, it, it levels out and it really doesn't hurt their growth and it doesn't hurt the plant. So don't, yeah. don't sweat that. So well, tell me more. So what I did was I, um, I got, I don't know what got into me, but I think basically um, you had made these beautiful um, denim hearts for Valentine's Day, like 
seven years ago, five years ago. I have no idea how long ago this was. It was under five, but it was a, it was a minute. (laughs) Well, they moved from Michigan with me here. So that puts them at least three years minimum. Um, but so uh, maybe you could describe what it was that you did because it's a yeah, really so, cool it's a really cool idea for using up um, like fabric scraps that are uh, from biodegradable products like cotton. Yeah, and and it's not to say that like all cotton can do it um, because sometimes they're treated despite what we think they are. But I went with a hundred percent cotton goods that I noted had been washed and had gotten. Um, you know, like any traces of other materials had kind of fallen off of it. And so I used scraps of 100% cotton. Um, and then I also used newspaper, pa- like any kind of craft paper bags. I did every, I collected paper for a long while so that I could blend them together with uh, the cotton. I used my blender and made them into like, you know, the paper pulp that we see. Yeah. But the color was cool because of the denim. So it was really cool. Yeah, and I I implanted them with seeds. Sorry, let me add that part. I implanted everything with seeds and made them into heart shapes. So how did you get the seeds to stay in the pulp? um, Like, did you put the seeds inside the blender? So what did you do? Or did you? I just sprinkled it on top. And then as I was pressing them into the heart um, cookie shape, um, that's how they get kind of stuck in there Mm -hmm. better. Just because you have to press it out. You have to press it onto like a, a mesh fabric, like a mm-hmm. screen. Um, mm-hmm. So as I was pressing them out, it allowed them to get, you know, into the pulp, but not fall out. And yeah, I didn't want them in the blender because I didn't want the, like seeds are activated. So like with heat and water. So as soon as I was like done putting them into the pulp, I would take them out into the uh, the porch and I, and I was living in LA at the time. So I had everything dry on the porch on top of more paper. So to get it dry fast. Dry really fast before they started sprouting. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just my environment was really good for drying quickly and then all the seeds stayed in. Yeah. Well, so this is a, this is a sort of, I, I guess I, I didn't anticipate them continuing to work, but they did. So, so you had given me these hearts and they were, um, just like a, it was a flat piece of fabric and it looked and felt kind of like the recycled paper that we made when we were kids in school. Like you remember making paper at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had given me a heart that had basil in it and a heart that had catnip in it. And they just been sitting on my desk for the longest time. And I was like, this is so stupid. I have time now. And if it all fails, it all fails. And that's what happens. And then um, a postdoc in the lab that I am right next to, um, she posted on our Slack channel that she had a bunch of extra seeds and did anybody want them? And a lot of the plants that she had were plants that I know require attention. And I was like, no, 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 I don't. We're not, we're not, we are aiming to succeed here. So I looked at her plant selection and she had cherry tomatoes, like bush tomatoes mm-hmm. and um, mint and I was like, well, I know that those are two things I can grow because you can't kill mint <laughs> even if you try. It will weed. take over. Yeah, it will take over your lawn. And tomatoes, I have successfully grown in the past. And especially those bush type cherry tomatoes, like you don't have to spike them up really nice or anything like they kind of take care of their themselves. Um, and all of them were things I thought that would lend themselves to container gardening because I am not go- like I know myself. I am 100 percent not going out in that garden to weed. 
I won't yep. do it. It's not going to happen. Maybe. I'm not going to till the garden. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to keep the animals away from it. Um, nope. I'm not doing that, but a container <laughs> garden on my porch, um, maybe the birds can get to it, but the birds would be the only ones and the birds could have gotten to everything else anyway, but it will keep the bunnies and the deer away and the coyotes and whoever else is out there. So, um, so yeah, so I planted those and, uh, what I decided to do is I was like, what can I, what can I do with just the things in my house? Cause I'm trying, as I think we all are not to order and shop for things that we don't really need recognizing that of course everybody who's doing the delivery everybody who's like going through the grocery store to get your groceries for you is putting themselves at risk so like i don't ask people to do something that i don't really really need them to do so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this with stuff i have in my house and so i found an old um clear bucket that i can't even remember what we had in it but you and i used it um when you we were dying stuff oh okay mm -hmm. so it's just a clear bucket that i had around for like small dye jobs and then I used um, Dixie cups as starters. And so the only thing I bought was um, I called up the local uh, nursery and I asked for a bag of um, potting soil. And that was something that they could put out on their curb for me without you know, any risk. Um, so I went and picked that up and that was it. And so I planted everything and I put it in the little Dixie cups and, um, I was really overzealous at first. I thought I was saving myself from overwatering because I only had a spray bottle rather than a watering can. And so I thought like, well, I can't even imagine, I'd have to give myself carpal tunnel to overwater these things. But what I, the way I managed to grow mold was by, um, I was afraid because it was a little chilly here. I was afraid that the heat would come on and would dry everything out. So I put, I rested the lid on top of the bucket overnight. And I think it just made it too humid inside the bucket. So I stopped doing that and now the mold is gone. Um, and for anybody out there who was worried, I was panicked. I was like, no, because the mold started right when the tomatoes germinated. And I was like, don't know that to me. All the blogs I looked at said that that particular kind of mold is no biggie. You can just scrape it off the top if you need to. And I just dried it out and, it, and that was fine. So I never, yeah. I never had to worry about it. Um, so I now have seven tomato plants, babies, little, just a little, little two leafers. Mm -hmm. um, and I have two basil plants that came out of the basil. They're nice. so tiny. I thought at first that it was something that had fallen out of a tree, nearby tree and fallen inside because they're so small, but they're definitely basil. Like even the babyest basil has a basil leaf Still shape. Still a basil shape. Yeah. What I love is like um, my, I've been growing basil. I have a couple different types of basil, but I also have a basil like live plant that I bought at a grocery store, like the way everyone does and then hopes they can keep it alive. Like I'm that person, but my basil plant from the grocery store flowered like it's intensely flowered and I need to like trim it back and I don't I'm praying that the flowers don't kill it you know like sometimes yeah. you have too many flowers it just mm -hmm. it, it takes all the energy so I need to like trim that shit back before I lose that plant yeah um but, oh, that's amazing I'm so glad. Yeah. What, okay catnip did not grow well, so the, I don't know anything about catnip, but the mint also hasn't germinated, but the packet, so mint and cat, so catnip is actually also called cat mint. So it's in yeah. the, yeah. and 
package for the mint, uh, it said it doesn't even germinate for up to 16 days. So I have no mint plants and I'm not worried about that because both the tomato and the mint seeds were bought this year and they're from the same company. So if the tomatoes did fine, then the mint is probably going to do fine and it hasn't come up yet. So my thought is that probably both of those are seeds that just take a long time to, to grow. So we'll see. Um, and some of the, like of the basil, I grew, I put, I broke the heart up into four little clumps and two of those have a plant and two of them don't yet. Um, so it's possible that there just weren't that many seeds that were still viable after all that time. Or um, it's possible that some of those came out early because the tomato, the tomatoes all came out at the same time and I had everything germinated. All of the tomato seeds germinated, but some of them I had planted too shallow. And so the plant shot right up and then it flopped over because the top of the root structure was right at the top of the soil line. Um, so some of them I managed to save by like repacking them in there, but one of them I, I missed. Um, so we'll just see, we'll see, but it's already, um, literally leaps and bounds better than I had anticipated. So, so that's, that, that thing is what I'm doing. Um, so that's my new thing. Um, and then the works in progress that I have some degree of control over are <laughs> the same as they've always been. So I am probably just a few hours shy of being done with weaving on my penny cardigan. Um, and I think I, you, we discussed this before that it's been really hard for me to multitask and I really wanted to work on projects that um, I didn't really have to think about while I did them and where mistakes wouldn't be that big a deal. Um, but this week I finally felt like I was ready to go back to a project that required me to pay attention to it. Um, and that was the, the penny cardigan. And so, um, that is not too far from being ready for a seaming, I think. Wow. So I think what happens is that I, um, finish the weaving off, seam everything together. And then I think I add the collar and the faux button band. And then I think it's done. Wow. So we'll see. Just in time for summer. Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a double thickness, heavy cotton sweater. Just in time for summer. Perfect. Perfect you timing. Know, though, you are very consistent in your body shape and weight. Mm -hmm. um, just naturally you've, or I don't know if it's naturally, but you, you're always pretty consistent. So there's a part of me that's like when you get done with something, you know, you can put it away and bring it back out and enjoy it versus like, there's some of us who are like, the wind changed. Surprise, I'm huge. And I had my period. Now I'm tiny. Like, I don't understand why this happens, but I have a different kind of makeup than you do. So I love so much that the colors of this cardigan still make sense, mm -hmm. still are cool in like the trend world. I also just love it so much that you were able to complete, like get so close to completing it. So yeah, I know yeah. it's been a, a bit of a, a mind freak. I, I didn't say the word F-U-C-K, but I like saying mind freak because, you know, Chris Angel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guy's weird. What happened to him? Anyways, it's been a lot. I know that the penny cardigan has been a, quite a challenge. Well, and I, I really enjoyed it. 
um, I think that I would have finished it a lot sooner if this all hadn't happened, right? And I just became somebody who's like couldn't couldn't do a thing where a mistake would set me back. Like that's how all of my life is. And I needed a hobby that I needed something to be doing with my time where that wasn't the case. And so um, this whole time that we've been in quarantine, I have done mask making, which I don't really consider a hobby. That's more like learning a skill for a specific purpose. And I'm very happy that I learned that skill. And I'm happy that I know how to thread my sewing machine without looking at the book again. (laughs) And I know how to, you know, I know how to do the things that I need to do, which is great. Um, But that meant that my fiber work needed to be very, very low stress. Um, And so that I was working on the granny stripe um, blanket that I've been making for the last like what three years or something um, and that's what I've been working on um, when I'm not when I'm not learning a new skill I guess I so, would love to see a progress out of the granny stripe only because it does change with every couple rows so yeah I might actually have a picture of it that we can use for the um, the thumbnail for the Instagram so yeah I will I will send that to you that's that is what I've been working on what about you all right um so I actually mended a few Mm -hmm. items left this past week um one was a hole in a pocket on a barn coat for a friend and this friend left it at my house for weeks and finally I I think I think at this point if people have friends who do handcrafts and they ask for a repair they have to know that it's you have to want that piece because you're going to be waiting for it. You are. It's going to take some time. You must, yep. you must love it if you're going to leave yep. it behind. Um, so, yeah, I finally decided, all right, I'll mend this up. So I did. And it's very bulky. I took photos. Sorry, there's a really loud car in the background there. Um, I'll take, I have photos of it. Um, I've since given it back to this friend and I'll post them. Um, another thing I mended, and it was totally superficial, not even a real like mending like this this little tiny pair of overalls for a toddler. Not it, real? It's, the thing is, this toddler is most likely never going to notice this pocket exists. It's a coin pocket on a pair of overalls. Like, there's much bigger pockets to throw, like, treasures in. You know what I mean? Like, all their little things and rocks and weird things they pick up along their, their path, right? But, um... Oh, sorry, died. that's major battery dying. Sorry what I did is I mended this other little pair of overalls for a teeny tiny tot. A friend went and bought a pair of um, used overalls while she was up, like, you know, thrift shopping. And she gave them to me like in early February. <laughs> and she was like, Hey, can you mend this, this little pocket, do some visible mending? And that, wouldn't that be fun? Cause she and I share back and forth photos of visible mending that we think is cool. Mm-hmm. That was February. I did it last week. Um, the yeah. last week of April. And I was so nervous that my friend's kid could not wear those overalls. And surprise, I went to go pick up some bread at their house and the kiddo could still wear the overalls. I'm so thankful. I was like, eh. But um, yeah, I did a little bit of visible mending on that, even though that pocket isn't really functional. It was on a coin pocket. Um, That's adorable and I love it. It was really cute. And then I even wrapped up all the rest of the embroidery floss that I used and a needle and I taped the needle to like a little wrap of, of the thread and I gave it to the mama. Cause I was like, in case you want to like add a little bit more, you'll have a match, you know? So yeah, she, nice. Great. 
Um, so yeah, I did two visible mending projects. What else did I do? I've rescued a leather ottoman. I've been looking for an ottoman. I've been feeling like if I'm going to spend time at home, I want to really enjoy like my space. So mm-hmm. I bought a, I, I'm looking for ottomans obsessively because it's who I am. And then there was this leather ottoman on line, like on Craigslist. Yeah, I think it was on Craigslist. And uh, it's mustard. And it's giant, not giant, but it's it's the right height for my couch and everything like that. And uh, I'm currently in the process. I just cleaned it today. So now I'm about to moisturize it. And then um, I asked a guy I know to see if he can build me some extra legs, like screw on legs mm-hmm. that are more in the style of like the rest of my house. Cool. There's a lot of really cool things you can replace the legs on. Like you can go online and find furniture replacement, like furniture leg replacements that, you know, up the up the ante on your Ikea pieces or just, like, take some old stuff and make them feel new. But the kind of ottoman this is is not a pin leg ottoman. <laughs> so, like, all I can find right now are, like, pin legs and tapers and they're just all very mid-century modern. And I love mid-century modern, but this ottoman is not that. Sure. So I need to, So I've actually had a really hard time finding a more, like, rustic straight lined piece of you know screw and legs tubers uh, thank you so much i'm sorry she's doing this low growl because the windows are open <gasps> hey i'm gonna throw a pillow at you she's so lazy she's laying down on top of all these pillows growling and barking like it's not that serious <laughs> but it's enough to that she wants to say something but i'm like look at you the lap of luxury like princess in the pea over there <laughs> like oh anyways so okay yeah, so I'm currently in the process of figuring out this ottoman. I'm going to moisturize it today when we probably get off the phone. Um, oh, and then today, I cleaned like crazy. I just felt like I needed to like deep clean. So I've cleaned all my floors, mopped all my floors. And I finally hung up all the artwork that I've had like sitting around waiting to get hung. So awesome. it, was really pro- it was a productive day. But um, sounds like it. Is, like, yeah, it's Sometimes when you ask me, like, oh, what have you been working on? I'm like, work, my actual work. But today was the first day I didn't have work I had to do over the weekend. So I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, you're, like, setting the scene in your home for how you want it to feel. That's awesome. I'm pretty into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you and I both kind of did a similar thing uh, related to that, which is um, you and I both have invested in – some version of a standing desk situation. Yes. Has yours arrived yet? No, no. Mine is probably not going to arrive for another week or two, I think. But hilariously, the casters that I bought to go on it, from the same company, mind you, um, those have shipped. And I was like, cool. (laughs) I'm excited to receive the casters. (laughs) I would like the whole desk, right? But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was funny. But yes. Um, yeah, so mine is a, mine is a full on, like, has, I don't know what you, it's not hydraulics, maybe it's hydraulics, I don't know, it it has a full on standing mechanism. Um, So it will go back to sitting though? Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, so I, I invested in a desk, which I have not had, I, I haven't actually owned a desk since 
high school. Like when I was in college, we had the desks that came with the dorm rooms. And then when I graduated from there and went to medical school, um, we of course had no money. <laughs> and so mom was like, hey, you know what you get with no money? Two filing cabinets and a bathroom door. And so that's we, right. yeah, oh, so we bought like that. these old um, filing cabinets from like property disposition. And because they cost like $5 a piece, she was like spray paint on whatever color you want. So we like spray painted those. And then we bought a bathroom door from a lumber supply because it would be lightweight, but large. And so I spray painted that. And that was my desk for years and years and years. And then when I finally got rid of that, because um, I did, I moved into a place where I couldn't put it. It was like too big. Um, I bought an IKEA table, and that's what I've been using ever since then. So it's a, it's a it's an okay table. It's just not very stable. Like it's it's mm-hmm. fine for like if you want like for a kid's craft table, it would be totally fine. Um, but for actually working on as a desk, like it wobbles when I try to work um, with the Zoom meetings. It's been real great because. So if I try to write something down, the camera like jiggles <laughs> while I'm writing. So, so yeah, so I invested in a desk desk. Awesome. Um, and I think you were telling me that the company is out of Michigan. Company, it's the company's called iMover, I-M-O-V-R. And they are based out of Washington, but the factory for the desks is in Michigan. Nice. Um, I bought my standing desk uh, situation. It's a flat pack. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's plywood. It's it's pine plywood. Um, but it's really well designed with lots of round edges. I'm really baffled by how they've gotten such beautiful lines out of this situation. But um, it's a flat pack, like four four different five pieces total actually now that I think about it, there's a support system in there um but it it's very like adjustable and you can it has lots of slots but the minute you're done with needing a standing desk you can take it apart put it away in a closet which is that's really nice yeah so it's shipped in a pretty flat box and now it's standing up on my dining room table just because I need a break from sitting sometimes um mm-hmm. and that was by upstanding desk company um, they're based out of New York. I'm not exactly sure where they're doing their production out of. So I'll have to double check on that. But I was impressed for like, a, I think it was like $165 to have a whole standing desk situation. Actually, it might even be less than that. Because I, I bought the standard, like they're kind of more basic ones. But I was really impressed. I might even just move it into my regular desk and just make it a riser for my um, yeah for my computer yeah I'm a fan fan. but so yes I did make a standing desk I did make that situation (laughs) that is another crap I guess right (laughs) yes um all right well what's your gold stars this week uh you were correct in saying stars because I have two one of which I is not really like a gold star uh, to be given to anything, but it's just something I'm really happy about. And it leads into the actual gold star. So the thing that I'm super happy about is that um, I feel I feel kind of foolish 
saying this, and I feel foolish every time it I, it comes to my mind. You know, I lived here for I lived in this house for two and a half years, and this is the first year that I'm really seeing spring happen around the house. Um, meaning that the other day, like literally yesterday, I think it was, um, I was in our bedroom and in the middle of the day, I just opened one of the blinds. So in our, in our bedroom, we have blackout blinds so that my husband can sleep well. And the rest of the house, we have regular blinds and in the bedroom, it's blackout blinds. So it's always really shocking when you open the window after being in that room, (laughs) you realize it's like, you have light pouring into a cave. Um, but I looked outside and I realized that there is a flowering tree in our backyard that I never knew we had. What? Like I didn't know that it flowered. I've always known about the tree, but I've never seen it in bloom before. I've never seen it pre-bloom before either. And it's because um, anytime that it's during the week, I would, I mean, I'm getting home at a time where I should be able to see it. But in my mind, my first thought when I come home isn't go straight to the backyard and see what's blooming. So I, I just have never seen before that that particular tree blooms at this time of year. I notice it in the summertime for being one of our shade trees. So I had to go figure out what kind of tree it is even, because I, I honestly don't know. No there idea. Is a, there's a really great app called Planta, P-L-A-N-T-A, mm-hmm. that allows you to take a photo and it identifies things for you. Nice. I found and it also gives aftercare. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So I tried that with bird apps because that's the other thing is that because I'm here more often, I will take a break from Zoom calls and from work to go to look outside, you know, with the weather is not nice enough to be outside. I'll just go out and look outside. Um, And obviously now the weather is more consistently better and better for me to actually like walk outside and get some fresh air as a break. Um, And because the traffic is much lower than it was, like everything is much quieter than it was. There are a lot more birds than there used to be. Like we always had birds, but those birds are really loud right now. In fact, they are so loud that when I thought about doing this podcast from outside, I walked outside and I was like, that's not going to work. Can't work. <laughs> Too many birds. I closed I closed the window to the the porch outside because I just knew that it was going to be too loud. Absolutely. Yeah, which is lovely. Any other time of day, I'm very, very happy to have all the birds. And uh, I, I downloaded two apps for identifying birds. The problem is that um, I don't, like when I walk outside, it makes so much noise that the birds tend to fly away, obviously. I'm not like good at, you know, so I can't really take a photo of them. Um, and one of the apps is supposed to help you with identifying birds by their songs, and it's supposed to deconvolve all the different songs. And that one is really cool. And if you're in a place where you're actually physically close to the birds, it might work, but it hasn't, what I wanted was I wanted to identify these specific owls that I can hear. Um, but every time I open the app, it tells me about um, like all the chickadees and the blue jays. And I'm like, I know they're all there too. Like I know that. So it only ever ends up telling me about the birds that I already knew were there. But that was that's the app, um, Smart Bird ID. Cool. So that's not great. Um, but the it's cor- you there. Yeah, <laughs> we're working on it. Um, but so uh, 
what that reminded me of is the thing that I actually wanted to give my gold star to, which is um, Melissa Maya Pottery. So Melissa Maya Pottery is a potter out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I was introduced to her by um, perpetual podcast favorite, Allison Fretheim, who mm-hmm. I think follows her. So I, there are a couple ceramicists that um, Allison Fretheim has shared their work. And I'm like, oh, I'm so into it. And Melissa Maya Pottery is one of them. And the other one is one called um, Cities in Bloom. And that's that person is based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I never, I have not been able to, it's like they do Etsy update, updates, right? Like they, they make their batches and then they post them on Etsy. And because they're individuals and not like, um, what's what I'm looking for? They're not like a, uh, a company. They, their updates are really small. So I have not been able to get any Cities in Bloom stuff that I really wanted. Um, like, it's not like I missed the update entirely, but I don't want to buy every single thing that they make. And so anyway, I've missed some updates, but I, I managed to catch an update from Melissa Maya Pottery and she makes these really interesting, um, shapes of glass, like, uh, cups and things that are, um, inspired by Japanese ceramics. So they're not copies, but they're sort of inspired by that shape. And then she draws on them and then does like a sort of like resist glaze. So she'll put Mm -hmm. wax on the parts where she wants there to be no glaze. Then she'll glaze the thing and then she'll um, have paint on the places that she wants to have painted. So it ends up looking really beautiful. It's It's a terrible description, but I will... Put up well, a picture. It's kind of like batik. Batik, you put wax resistant mm-hmm. so that dye will stick to things that you want, and then you remove mm-hmm. that that wax. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could paint so, over that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So on her last update, and she likes to put birds on things, um, and her birds are all kind of stylized birds that sort of match the style of the cup. So what I got was, and she puts things like um, wrens and toucanets and cardinals. And because cardinals are native to where we're from, I bought the cardinals. Um, oh, so, so I'm showing cute. Miranda the, the cup and I'll, I'll send a picture of this so that it can go on the, the podcast uh, Instagram. But there's a female cardinal on one side and a male cardinal on the other side. And they're both on little branches. And you can see where her fingertips were when she dipped it in glaze, because there's oh. a little bit of the glaze is not where her fingers were when she did the the dip, which that's I like. Adorable. I love the, the mark of the artist. That's great. Yeah. And you know, you, you sent me that sticker from her. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a blue jay. Yeah, I can't remember what the bird was, but I think it was a blue jay, yeah. And I loved it because it was on the full moon. It was standing on a branch with a full moon behind it. Mm-hmm. It's all oh, very sweet. simple. It's really beautiful. And the attention to detail is so great. Like this is the, the bottom of the cup Ooh. has the art on it as well. It has a little cardinal with a branch and then her um, brand on the bottom. So First cool. Yeah. yeah we, need to, we need to share a photo of that. That's got a lot of make. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, so that is my gold star. And I, um, her mugs are, um, not cheap. I don't think they are overpriced, but like you, you aren't going to go and buy a set of four for a hundred bucks. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, and so 
you know, when I looked at her offerings, the one that um, fit into my price range was this little five ounce cupper, which is just perfect. Frankly, it's perfect for the amount of tea I ever want to drink. Like people are like, oh, I love those big tea mugs. I'm like, I never want that much tea ever in my whole life. I want small amounts of tea because when it's small, it stays warm the whole time I have it. The other thing about that, I'm personally someone who doesn't drink that much coffee anymore. I only drink like once every two or three weeks. And so when I have it, I really, I only give myself a half a cup now, like a half of, half of a mug. And personally, I think a five ounce would be perfect <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. So that's why the, um, the Allison's mug that you gave me with a little ghost on it, the red clay. Perfect. It's perfect size. Cause I just don't need that much. Cause like that caffeine will keep me awake for like a day and a half if I'm not mm. careful. Yeah. But, um, that's excellent. I love that. I'm so glad to hear uh, her work. Yeah. So what are your gold stars? My gold stars, I got two. They're also makers. Um, the first one I want to say is my friend Stephanie. Stephanie, I think her last name is similar. Might be similar. Um, sorry, I have to think about this. But she made, she has been making, actually, masks for at least since February. She has been on it. Her and her husband, Charlie, and then their small staff of folks have been selling really high quality masks out of Palo Alto at least since February. And they, they're wonderful. They were donating so many of them to workers. And at the same time, she was also doing Shibori dye on half of them. And you can order plain white or you can order Shibori. But the best part is, is that they were tight cotton masks with um, a pipe cleaner to help fit to your nose. She also has the elastic that goes around your head, not just your ears, in case that's like a problem for you. I was so amazed by the fit and the quality and the attention to detail. I have to tell everybody about her. And I'm sorry, I hope this doesn't like blow her shit up, but um, they're working hard on it. And also like a lot of the people who are making masks, they're not making a lot of money off of this. I think people think that's what's happening. And I'm like, there's so much attention to detail. This is like making a pair of underwear. Have you ever thought about how hard it is to sew a bra or to sew a pair of underwear? I have. Fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's amazing that like whenever we sew something at home or you know somebody who makes things for you, it's amazing it fits at all. There are so many things that go into making something that the attention to detail is is so hard. And that's why there are so many amazing sewers in this world in a very big, large factory sense, not to be underestimated, but the fact that we can be making things here right now, I, I, I appreciate the flex. I really appreciate and understand how much detail that means. I, yeah. I understand how many, how many spools of thread are going to be needed because a mask requires so much more. If it's a detailed mask, with like all these other elements to it. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm like rolling and rambling here, but um, Stephanie's masks are incredible. And so if you're looking for a good mask, if you're looking for something that's high quality and dense, like a, a compact weave, she's been doing great. Cause I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of masks out there being made with other materials, but there is something to be said about a denser cotton weave that is is better for um you know respir is it respiratory droplets I'm trying respiratory to think of droplet. 
respiratory. Yes, thank you. So anyways, that was one thing. She's my one of my gold stars. My second gold star is my friend Ben Clavet, um, also known as the She-Chimp. I know that sounds weird, but he wears a She-Chimp mask and a boiler suit and writes uh, hand, he, he does like hand-painted signs. Oh, his and, signs are uh, so good. They're brilliant. And I used to like, I used to work with Ben at Lucky Brand. And he was one of my favorite people to go to happy hour with. Like he and I were just, we were cool. And I just loved how his brain worked. And he just had this amazing talent for like thinking on the fly. Plus he actually went back to school to be a sign painter. He literally finished a program out of, um, I believe it's an LA County community college. It's one of the few trade schools left in the United States that offers sign painting. Mm -hmm. And it's a really it's a very prestigious program and he finished that and he's been doing it since. So yeah, I've gotten Island a couple signs. I've got, I a couple love signs. them. <laughs> I have, I have one with my nickname, which I didn't give myself from childhood. <laughs> and that one is, up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have that one up in my home office. And then the one that you got me that says the doctor is in, I have that <laughs> in my office at work and I, Love it so much. Oh, Ben is so talented. It's there's just so many things that he's like passed me as a joke that I was like, I'm gonna cherish this forever. It says butts on it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I think and I still have that Halloween sign that says all of them witches. <laughs> and I so think good. It was all them witches, and then I got mom another one. Yeah, I, I don't know what mom witches. said. I remember yeah. what mine said because I liked it a lot. <laughs> So I, uh, <laughs> if you ever meet Ben Clavet, he is a trip. He's fucking great. Um, so I recently noticed that he was doing more sign painting. And now that I'm in Minneapolis and he's still in LA, I was like, will you help, will you help me out? Will you make me something? And he made me um, a sign based on the last podcast we had, which is you had mentioned that a, a professor or someone in your department or something like that who is yes a therapy a therapy supervisor okay at university said, of michigan yeah he, he had said if it's worth doing it's worth doing poorly and yeah. i've been obsessed with that since our last recording sent that to ben and i was like look i know that there's like a revision on this because technically i guess another person had said it like if it's worth doing it's worth doing like it was it was something, but I preferred poorly. I preferred the fact that like that phrase went there. And when I sent it to Ben, I was like, "Do you think it's cool?" He's like, "It's great. Let's do it." <laughs> he just and I just got it. It's awesome. I just got like it's a seventeen by twenty four piece of you know basic art arts and craft paper. It is not. It's gonna yellow with time. It is not made to last. But and seeing his tempera, you know, painting on it. It's just, it's a moment in time that I kind of need to see that a little bit more often, that if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And you can see all of his pencil marks on it. Yeah. And I appreciate it. It's really, it's a really sweet piece. So I'm so thankful for him doing it. He definitely gets a gold star for me because he's, he's on furlough right now and is trying to do his best. And I'm excited that he can find more time to do sign painting for lots of cool people. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So he's my other gold star. That was a long-winded one, but um, the fact that you and I both have his pieces, you know, I got some. I have a Cowboys catheters one, like <laughs> that's, 
based on that infomercial. Um, that's somewhere in this house. I got to find out where that is. You do have to find that. It's the best one. And I got him to put my phone number on it. It was excellent. He was, he, <laughs> he posted, he's like, I'm doing a practice page. And this is like four years ago. He did, and it had like cow, cowboy catheter, uh, cowboy catheters. And then the other one said like Merkins. And like, it was this whole page of this garbage of like terrible things. And he wrote call and he left the phone number blank. And I was like, I will pay you good money. Put my phone number in there. <laughs> so, yeah. I've got to find that piece. It's somewhere in my storage on the porch. But um, so thankful to know someone that talented who can also yes. like find ways to, you know, do things for everybody. It's awesome. All right. That was long winded. Thank you guys. I'm a little drunk. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters. Um, and we have our website, Stitchcraft Sisters. But let's be honest, the thing that everybody goes to is Instagram. And that's where we spend all of our time. So, you know, we, we do definitely have, a, you know, a Ravelry page. But Ravelry will tell me if anybody's making any comments on there. And nobody is. But people talk on Instagram. So let us know who gets your gold stars. Let us know what's getting you through these times. Um, we'd be really curious to hear from you how, you know, what you're working on and how you're getting by. And if there's anybody that you think we should support any companies, um, like small businesses or, you know, freelance artists that are doing awesome things, please let us know. We would love to amplify them. Yes. Please let us know. We're, I feel like Alan and I are very fortunate right now to still have regular paying jobs. Yep. And, um, we're in a place right now where it's time for us to support everybody around us. So please let us know. Yeah. I'm a fan. Thanks guys. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye. Be safe. Yes. Bye. Wash your hands. <laughs> Watch your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.